I mean, it's it's crazy what God's done. And, you know, in two, two and a half years, seven figures. And it, we, we literally we just we started with nothing. And it was just me. And we grew it to seven figures just like that. And it was crazy to see what God was doing. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. Today, I'm joined with my good friend, Mr. Ken Jocelyn. Ken is a rock star. They refer to him as the preacher, the teacher. Let's go. He is the CEO and founder of Grow Stack Drive, the largest Christian faith-based entrepreneurship community in the world. In the world, I would say, right? Yeah. Of course. Why, why wouldn't it be in the world? I love it. So, Ken, dude, thanks for joining me today. Man, honor, man. I, I'm excited to be here, dude. I, I knew when we met and you had Jordans on. I think you had the Travis Scott Jordans on, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you did. As soon as I saw my guy, this trial, I said, yeah, we, him and I, we got to get connected. So, dude, honored uh, to be here, man. Yeah, so Ken, Ken and I had the uh, opportunity to spend a couple days out in Atlanta together. Uh, he, uh, he was a fly on the wall for a podcast that I was uh, <laughs> a guest for. Uh, for the social proof, if you guys haven't seen the social proof episode, go and watch it. It was actually one of one of my favorite podcasts I've ever Super done. Good. Dave Chance runs a runs a really good program yeah. over there. But uh, Ken, dude, what's top of mind twenty twenty four in the Christian community? Yeah, pushing forth entrepreneurship. Yeah, for me, you know, like I said, you mentioned just a minute ago, we host the number one faith based entrepreneur conference in the country and mastermind with friends like John Maxwell. Um, Brenda Bouchard, Ed Milet, Erwin McManus, Randy Garn, who's a, who's a dear friend of both of ours. Um, really for me, dude, I started like the year started early. Um, just like I tell people all the time, you know, your workday doesn't start when the alarm clock goes off. It better start the night before. You should know exactly what your workday looks like before you go to bed. Because a lot of people get up, dude, and they have no idea what's going on. Well, my year started. I just shared a story with you. It's just hilarious. And it happened. The same thing happened to me um, last month. So anyway, so I woke up this morning, 4 a.m., morning routine, uh, Orange Theory class at 5, get done at 6, walk out to my car. Congratulations, you've Airbnb'd your house. I go, great. What's the date? Today. So like nine days, I'm out of my house starting today, like out of the blue, right? And I'm like, crap. Well, the same thing happened to me at Christmas, but they booked it like in September and I never blocked Christmas. So December the 24th through December the 30th, I had no home. And so, um, so I did Christmas with my girls on Friday on the 22nd. The 23rd, I drove over to Atlanta uh, to spend some time with my good friend, Nate, um, who worked for John Maxwell for about 15 years. That's how I met John 20 some odd years ago. And Sunday morning was Christmas Eve. Nate, Nate went to Chicago. His kids all went their way with their mom. Well, I'm sitting in an apartment in Atlanta, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the next five days all by myself, just me. So I took giant post-it notes and I turned Nate's whole apartment, living room, kitchen into a war room, bro. It's like we're getting this done this year and this done this year and this done. And so I'm working on all this stuff about Wednesday or Thursday. I'm in it, dude. I'm head deep planning out 2024, our Create Conference with John and Erwin McManus and all the guys that are coming in and masterminds and all the stuff that we're doing. And I get a, I get a text message and I look down and it's my best friend's girlfriend. And she goes, hey, she goes, um, me and my other friend tonight, we want to go out to Roaring Social. It's my favorite speakeasy in the world. Super swanky, super cool. Will you take us? Great. You better believe I will. Not doing anything. I've been sitting in an apartment by myself outside of going to Orange Theory or Planet Fitness to Lift. I've been sitting by myself for four days. I'll take you. 
So I take them to, I take them, I call, I call um, the place at Roaring Social. We do a lot of events there. So they had us a VIP section kind of roped off. So we go in, they've got a live band playing, um, 80s music, killing it. Super cool, super cool venue. And we're sitting there and I get a text from Nate. And Nate goes, hey, bro, watch out for my girl tonight. And I text him back and I said, I got you, man. And then I thought, man, I'm just sitting there. Now there's two or 300 people in this huge very cool venue in Alpharetta, which is my coolest spot in Atlanta. And we're sitting there and I'm like, what kind of man trusts another man to take his girlfriend and another girl out to a basically an underground club kind of thing? And dude, I just sit there and I started thinking about really the code that, that Nate and I have together and some of the friends that I have together that we have. And I'm sitting there. By now, we've got other people come in and recognize me and the group I'm with. So they want to come hang out because we've got this really cool section kind of roped off for us. And I'm sitting there for an hour. I'm on my phone. And I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I just spent four days mapping out 2024. And I'm thinking about just from that question that Nate asked me, dude, watch out for my girl. I said, bro, I got you. And he texts me back. He goes, I really, really like her. Like, cause I've been telling him, dude, y'all just need to go ahead and make it. They've been dating for two years. And he goes, I really like her. And I said, bro, I'll, I'll watch out for her. You're good. And, um, I thought, you know, what, what kind of, what man trusts another man to do that? And then I was thinking through the plan that I had for 2024. And then I thought this, what kind of man do I need to become in 2024 in order to see all the things that God put in my heart to come to pass in 2024. And I sat there for an hour on my phone. I'm looking at my notes now, creating what I wrote down and started as the unbreakable code. Like in a code is a set of principles that someone that they develop, they adapt and they, they make it a part of their life. Like I wanted to, and it started from Nate trusting me to take his girl out on the town for the night. Like it's a code that we have that dude, you can trust me with anything you have, your girl, your kids, your home, your finances, your car. You can trust me. I got your back. I will take care of you. So I sat there for an hour in this and everybody's having fun. And Ken's over there off in la la land planning. What kind of man do I need to turn into? And I came up with really the whole core was self mastery and self control. Who do I need to become? And I just, I started writing down six different areas that I'd love to share some of those with you today. One starting, about, one starting with an awareness and having an awareness of my energy. Like where is my energy at all times? Not just where is my energy, but where is my energy coming from? What am I watching? What am I listening to? And who am I hanging out with? And I'm sitting there, dude, and I'm just taking notes. I'm talking about what am I consuming? Who am I listening to? Who are the people that I'm spending time with? Like, I met you. As soon as I met you, I'm like, dude, I got to spend time with Chris Lee. When I met Eric Rock, dude, I got to spend time with Eric. Like, when I meet new people who are doing things like you, in the bottom of my planner, I have a quote that says, get in rooms with people who think bigger than you do. Proximity is a cheat code. And every, every area we call it our core five, faith, health, relationship, business, and finances. Every time you, every time you break through a new level in any of those core five areas, Chris, it's always tied to a relationship. So that was my first thing I'm sitting there. So that's kind of how the week before 2024 got here. That's kind of how it started for me was who does Ken Dawson need to become in order to fulfill 
all the things that God has put in my heart for 2024 and have the impact and influence and help the number of people that I want to help become the best version of themselves. So Ken, tell me, so, you know, it's a controversial topic, right? You and I are both <laughs> Christian based, mm-hmm. faith following type men, right? And there's, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the space that, uh, you know, they've, they forgot about God, right? Like mm-hmm. for them, it's, it's like all them, they're self-made, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's all because of their own effort or whatnot. How, <clears throat> How do you feel that God has uh, or God's view on entrepreneurship and, and how does he strengthen you and helping you there? Yeah, I mean, God's a creator. So one of the things, one of the things in here, in my energy, I read David Data's book, um, The Way of the Superior Man, three times in a row. I literally, on it was on Audible, like I finished it, started over, finished it, started over. And I read through, now he's a, he's a secular psychologist. So it's not a, it's not a faith-based book, but there were so many things in there that he talked about that were really about who you are at your core of a man, even from your sexual desires. Like when we have sex, we, as men, we emit a seed, but that's not the only seed that we, that comes out of us. There's financial seeds, there's relationship seeds, there's sexual seeds, there's faith seeds. Like we have the ability as humans, the only thing, the thing that separates us from all the other animals is we have a body, our physical body, our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we have a spirit. And as a faith-based entrepreneur, our spirit has become alive when we place our faith in Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us. So for me, it's, I'm a creator. God, God put his spirit in me. And if you read or know anything about scripture, obviously you do in Genesis 1, in Genesis 1, 2, God said, let there be. And, it's, and that word, when he spoke, that word is ruach in the Hebrew, which is the breath of God. The breath of God went forward and created. Well, we create in the same manner. And so 23 years ago, 24 years ago, I had one of the largest youth ministries in America. I was on the biggest stage I had ever been on, about 9,000 people. And I spoke behind one of my good friends, John Maxwell. It's my first time I spoke behind John. 9,000 people. I was like 32 years old, dude. I thought I hung the freaking moon. I mean, I was 32 years old, big stage, hosting my own conferences, speaking all around the country. The next speaker was one of my mentors. She had the largest youth ministry in America, about 1,200, 1,300 students in her youth ministry. And she she said, Ken, can we do lunch tomorrow? I said, Jeannie, I'd love to. We get to lunch the next day, and this is what she asked me. She said, Ken, I'm going to ask you the most important question of your life. She said, do you want to be significant or do you want to be successful? Mm-hmm. She said, because they're two vastly different things. And it started a journey of 20 years. Even my first book I wrote, the whole premise in my book was around that. That significance is greater is, uh, as the leader grows. Same, same as my podcast. It's, it's about significance over success. Significant leaders build others around them so they can win. Leaning into my favorite Zig Ziglar quote, which is, if I help enough people get what they want, eventually I'm going to get what I want. Where people who chase success, and this is where you were going just a minute ago, people who chase success tend to use people around them to benefit themselves. And they almost always leave a trail of damage behind them. And I think as a faith-based entrepreneur, we owe it to the world. I don't think God's, and again, for us, the finance is a tool for freedom and a tool to be able to influence and impact people's lives. It's not about if you want to have another watch or another car, another boat or another home, 
I don't have a problem with any of those things. And I don't think God has a problem with any of those things. As long as you're focused and locked in on the purpose of those finances, you use the finances, the finances don't use you. Absolutely. So how, how would you, what's your definition of success? Like if someone comes up to you and, and they're like, Ken, you know, what, uh, how can I be successful? What would you define that as? Yeah. So I started, my oldest daughter is 28, turned 28 last week. Um, my first grandbaby she's having on Monday. And uh, so awesome. she's 28 years old from the time she was in kindergarten. I've got three, 28, 24, 20, and 15, even though my 15 year old's five foot 11. Um, ever since they were kids from kindergarten for my, for my oldest daughter, all the way through she graduated high school, I would almost, I had a mortgage company. I owned my own mortgage company back in the 2000s. So I took them back and forth to school every day. I asked them one question. I said, what do servant leaders do? And I mean, they were little, man. They would look at me and they say, daddy, servant leaders put other people's needs before their own. They do things right the first time and they do things without being asked. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick you up today. Tell me how you were a servant leader today. They would get in the car and they'd be so excited. Daddy, I came in from, from recess today and it was so hot. And I let Johnny go in front of me in the water line so he could get water before me. Daddy, Miss, Miss Green needed her trash taken out and she didn't ask and I took it out for her. And so when my daughter graduated high school and she came to Highlands College, which is one of the premier ministry leadership training academies in the world. When she came here, she got a job at the new Chick-fil-A. Brand new Chick-fil-A just opened up. She was 19 years old and she started moving up. She started getting promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted. And all of a sudden she's like the frontline kitchen manager. She's over all the people on the, for the order, the drive through the counter, everything. Well, the owner operator comes to her one day and goes, how in the world do you get all these people to do what you want them to do? And she goes, it's simple. She goes, my dad taught me about servant leadership and three things servant leaders do. And she sent me a picture when she told that owner operator, he had her take a Sharpie marker in the kitchen where they stand, where they got the stainless steel, where they slide the chicken nuggets and the tater tots and the stuff down. Written on there was three characteristics of a servant leader. So how do you, what is success? It's being a servant leader. It's modeling what we believe as, as men of faith that Jesus came to do. I'm going to put other people's needs before my own. I'm going to do things without being asked. And I'm going to do things right the first time. And when my daughter, it is, it is favorited in my phone. It's one of my favorite pictures I have in my phone because you're talking about from five years old to, to 18 years old every day, baby, tell me what a servant leader is. And then passing that down through her, through her sisters and then watching her elevate her life and then get in Chick-fil-A. And the guy goes, how do you do this? Well, because I'm, I'm a servant leader. My dad taught me the importance of being a servant leader. Love it. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, Christ, uh, you know, he, he, uh, taught us a lot through allegories or stories or different things like that. What, what would you say are like some that have been like foundational in your entrepreneurial experience that you've been able to learn from, from the scriptures and be able to go and apply in your life? Um, probably some of the, some of the moments where it was difficult for him, not my will, but your will. You know, some of the things he had to deal with, even with the disciples, it's funny because I don't know about you, but I identify with Peter, um, open mouth, insert foot. Like I'm like, I'm like, yes, dude, no, you're, there's no way you're going to die. No, 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 no. Not only, not only am I not going to die, but you're going to deny me three times before the rooster. No, there's no way I'll die for you. Okay. We'll see. And you know, and then Peter goes on and denies him. And one time he did it in front of John. It's like, it, if you read the scripture, the right, if you read the scripture and you really break it down, like the last time he denied Jesus, he did it in front of John. 
like who was like the, the disciple closest to like he didn't just do it in front of a group of people that didn't know Jesus. He did it in front of one of his friends he just lived three years with. Like, can you imagine that? And then watching Jesus in John chapter 20 come back to him and, and he sees Peter going back to what he used to do. And he's in the boat again. Did you catch any fish? No, we didn't. Cast your nets on the other side. And then Peter realizes it's the Messiah. And he dives off the boat and goes after Jesus. And Jesus loves him. And he offers grace and forgiveness and mercy. So I think if there's anything that, that, I've, that I've learned is it's not always going to be easy. It wasn't easy for him. And it's like, God, not my will, but your will be done. What, and, and what does that really, really look like for us to be able to, I love Genesis 126 and Genesis 127. I didn't know this was going to be a theological conversation on, yeah, on, on the scripture, yeah, but in Genesis, creation yeah, image. in Genesis, yes, exactly right. In Genesis 126 and 127, it talks about his image. Well, if you break that down in the Hebrew, it literally means a reflection. We are a mirror. Like it's a reflective, it's a reflective view the world has of God through our lives. It's a reflection. And so when you look at it that way, like, man, people are looking at me, like even in the entrepreneurial world, dude, I can't tell you, I, I just had a guy in my community who came to my mastermind, the very first one I did in May of last year. So almost two years, almost two years ago, this May will be two years, came to my very first mastermind, about 25 people. He comes to my mastermind and our core five is faith, health, relationship, business, and finances. And his lowest core five was faith. And he goes, man, I don't even know that I'm a Christian. He grew up in Mississippi, like everybody's saved in the South, right? Mama went to church. I mean, that's just the way, that's, that's the way, that's the way people live here. Well, if mama went and I went, then I'm, then me and Jesus are okay. And he's literally in my mastermind with tears in his eyes. He's like, dude, I, I just don't know where I'm at in my faith journey. And just literally two weeks ago, he just progressed for a year and a half. He's on a call and he's like, man, I'm reading through Genesis. I just don't understand it. Well, that's probably not a good place for you to start. Well, one of the guys on my call says, hey, if you got John Maxwell's leadership Bible, because John really breaks down the stuff from a leadership perspective. Well, the next thing I know, two days later, Zach orders it on Amazon while we're on our call. Two days later, he's got a picture of his John Maxwell leadership Bible on Instagram. And then he's talking about it the next week. And now he's just, now I'm seeing pictures of his Bible where he's taking notes and he's actually understanding what scripture is. And people ask me all yeah. the time. They say, Ken, do you miss ministry? Do you miss pastoring a church? I said, I pastor more people now than I ever did inside my church. It, it's interesting, is, isn't it? Uh, you know, I, I've always I've always felt like I can spread more of my faith through entrepreneurship than I could ever be in a being a pastor or in, in my in my church, a bishop or, or whatnot. And in fact, I had a friend ask me the other day, he's like, are you going to ever be a bishop? I'm like, well, I mean, that, that could potentially happen. But the reality is, is like I have like a a principle of the gospel, if a principle is true, it applies to everything, right? It, it applies to faith. It t applies to fitness. It applies to family, relationships, economics, right? It applies to it all. And, and I think like one of the, the challenges that we have as, as Christians is, is that we need to help others to see that, that these are the same exact mm -hmm. principles that, that really govern life. Right. And we don't, they're not rules that we created or whatnot. They're actually real principles that were established at the foundation of the earth that, uh, and, and the cool thing about like a physical body is a physical body allows you to like have like real world experimentation on these mm -hmm. principles. And then you can take those principles and you can apply it to your faith. You can, mm -hmm. you can apply it to uh, your relationships that like, man, if I'm, if I'm disciplined 
and, and mm -hmm. I, you know, yeah. I wake up and I eat right and I get the right amount of sleep or whatnot. Same thing, right? Like if I, if I do those type of things in my finances, I, it's, I'm going to be economically very successful. Mm -hmm. If I do the same thing in my relationships, I'm going to have incredible relationships. And, and so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think to your point, like we have the ability, uh, you know, one of my, um, one of, one of my favorites. So, uh, Stephen R. Covey, mm -hmm. Seven Habits of Highly mm -hmm. Effective People. Like, I'm a believer that he took the gospel of Jesus Christ and dumbed it down into, like, <laughs> economic right. and, like, self-development. Yeah. And he's just teaching the world. Like, he's teaching the principles of the Bible, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, through Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? Like, and so I think there's so many ways that we can influence for the good mm -hmm. and, like, essentially share the gospel by being incredible entrepreneurs. Well, Paul wrote, he said, he said, I, I'm a written, I'm a living letter. I'm a living epistle. Like it's me. Yeah. Like the, the thing that people see in me or they see in you, or they see in somebody like a Randy Garn or a Gary Brecker. I heard Gary shared his faith on my stage. Brent Gove, who's the number one agent at EXP has 29,000 agents in his organization with EXP gets on my stage and gives an invitation for people to come to know Christ. Like, I'm like, he asked me before, he goes, hey, I may do this. I said, bro, whatever you feel like God wants you to do. We had like 13 or 14 people pray to give their lives to Christ that day at, at, a, at an entrepreneur conference. But it's not, the thing is, is it's not flaky. It's not religious. It's not, people ask me all the time, they say, Ken, are you religious? Nope. Or they'll say, I hate religious people. I, say, I do too. And they'll look at me like, but aren't you religious? I'm like, no, 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 no. I am not religious. And they're like, what's the difference? And I said, well, religion is a man-made set of rules that said, if I jump through this hoop, this hoop, and this hoop, me and God are okay. The gospel says, Jesus says, I loved you while you were still a sinner. I loved you while you were still messed up and jacked up. And when you realize how much I love you and that, and that becomes enlightened in your heart and you understand the sacrifice I made for you, then what happens is you go, man, Jesus, I see what you did for me. Man, I, I, I accept your death, burial, and resurrection as payment and sacrifice for my sins. And Holy Spirit, I just want you to come change me. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. That's that 2 Corinthians 5, 17 transformation. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. When I gave my life to Christ in August of 1993, August 22nd to be exact, of 1993, dude, everybody around me started getting saved. That goosebumps. Because I was so jacked up. And I mean, it was like, I can't even imagine it was much of a different. I wasn't murdering people like Saul was and turned into Paul and wrote two thirds of the New Testament. But my life, my language was bad. I was foul. I, it was terrible. I got so saved that everybody in my life, my sister, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, my cousin, who was a Jehovah's Witness. I mean, just all these people just were like, what happened to this guy? Because it was so real in my life what God did. And that's why I tell people, like, listen, having a relationship with Christ and religion, two different things. I don't, I don't have to strive. I don't have to strive to earn God's love. He loves me. Because he created me on the floor at every create conference that I do. Dude, there are quotes. I have my quotes all over the floor, all over the building. The first two quotes, when you walk in, in Atlanta, into my, into my, into the building, they're these huge two foot by four foot floor stickers. The first one they see when they walk in the door is God's love for you. Isn't predicated on your performance. He loves you because he created you as a son or a daughter. I want them to understand that, man, my love, God doesn't love me because of what I do. Like if I jump through enough hoops, me and Jesus are okay. No, 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 no. You can't jump through enough hoops. If you could, Jesus would not have to have come and died for you and did what he did for you.
Hey, Founder Nation, are you struggling with scaling your business? Whether that's you just kind of hit a lull patch, you're making enough money, but you're really wanting to get to the next level. We have launched Founder Acceleration, which really helps you accelerate to the next group. You have an opportunity to meet with me and my team three times a month. Yes, me personally, I'm going to be hosting the call and the rest of my team three times a month. It's super cheap. It's way less than having a minimum wage employee. And there you're going to learn valuable skills as scaling, strategy, sales, marketing, culture, how you really dial in your offer, your leadership, produce your accountability. We're going to be covering it all. And we do it three times a month, one hour. You have a chance to ask all your questions. You have a chance to actually be on a hot seat and evaluate your current business. We have people in India, the U.S., South America, literally all over the world that are a part of this group. And it's just $4.97 a month. Down below in the link, you're going to see foundericceleration.com. You can go ahead and apply there and join this incredible, fast-growing group. Let's jump back in the show. Before you do it, join the group. Let's go. You're reaching it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So how how has your faith helped you throughout your entrepreneur journey? I'm, I'm assuming you've you've had some some struggles along the yeah. way. Uh, you know, where uh, talk talk and share with our our listeners some of those those struggles and how you push through. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's it's always it's always relationships, right? I mean, I had some. You know, we've grown in three and a half four years to the number one faith based entrepreneur conference in the country. I mean, it's, it's crazy what God's done. And, you know, in two, two and a half years, seven figures. And, and we, we literally we just, we started with nothing and it was just me. And we grew it to seven figures just like that. And it was crazy to see what God was doing. And then this past summer, we kind of got out of our skis. We said, Hey, we're going to do two events a year instead of one big one. And it cost me about 150, 175,000. I got hammered. Mm-hmm. Then I found out one of my best friends was a Ponzi scheme guy. He wasn't who he said he was. And it was just like, it was like all these things just started happening. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, whoa, let me, I'm going to have to, was involved in a relationship with a girl that I dated for about a year and a half, didn't talk to for a year, moved all the way to California, only to find her in bed with her ex-boyfriend about five weeks into my move to move to California. So there were three things within 60 days that were like, Literally for anybody else could have been devastating. what I do? Okay, God, I don't know why I'm walking through this. I don't know what's going on. I had done a lot of work on myself the previous year to year and a half. And so one of the things I'll say, like, even through all of those situations, I learned a ton. I've got amazing friends that God's put in my life. People like Vic Keller, who sold 11 companies to Warren Buffett and then served as Warren CEO for Berkshire Hathaway Automotives for three years, now owns 14 companies and has got his own PE firm, whole nine. He is a stud. The first person I called after I realized, dude, I just lost a lot of money was Vic. He spent two and a half hours on the phone with me and I just processed through stuff and get and had ideas. And he was brutally honest with me on some things that some blind spots that I did. Cause he told me, Chris, as soon as I picked the phone up, I said, dude, I need your help. I need your feedback. He goes, you want my feedback or do you want my honest feedback? And I said, if you don't be honest with me, Vic, I can't get better. And I, and I've got to get better because what God's called me to do is going to require me to become a different man. And it's hard, it's hard to hear the truth sometimes in those type of situations. Ooh, boy, I was already right. was raw. I was raw. I mean, it was the day, it was the day all this happened. Two people met me that morning about one of my friends. They had, 
One of them had an investigator investigate him. One of them sent me all, and it was just like, and I knew I was already losing a bunch of money. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like within 24 hours, both of these things happened. It was, it was, it was hard, but I just leaned into, okay, God, I'm not sure why this is happening. Not my will, but your will be done. Not that it was God's will that all, any of this stuff happened. Because there's a lot of times we go, not your will, not my will, but your will. And the reality of it is we jacked it up and put ourselves in tough situations. And it's got nothing to do with God's will. But in this situation, right. I'm like, okay, God, I'm not sure why I'm going through it. But I want to learn. I want to become the best version of myself through this. And I'm just going to lean on you to help heal through the process. And, and I, I, I said this before, even... You know, the day that I caught my girlfriend in bed with that with her ex-boyfriend. I'll never forget I was standing there at her house on the porch and I finally got in my car and I was driving off. And I realized, man, King, you didn't get elevated. You didn't lose your temper. Like you were just, you were so you you I've done so much somatic therapy and work on my past trauma that I just I was like, okay, okay, God. And I got in the car. And one of the things that came out of that was, man, God started speaking to me so clearly. But one of the things that came out of that was God said, when you don't be surprised when God puts you in position to, to help you realize how much work you've done and how much change has taken place in your heart. I love it. I love it. You know, you brought up uh, something that uh, I think is key in entrepreneurship and life and relationship with God. A lot of, a lot of times people become God deniers because they're like, mm -hmm. well, God did this to me or you know, when the, the reality is, is, you know, God wants to always bless us, but a lot of times we get in our own way, right? Like mm -hmm. the, there's natural consequences that happen, mm -hmm. right? When we make poor financial decisions, that wasn't God, right? right? That, 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 that wasn't God that, yeah. that forced us to buy the, the Ferrari when you should have invested in marketing in your business. And, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't God that made the, the poor choices that ended up leading, leading to a broken relationship or, or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And, and so, you know, I, I think it's I think it's important in entrepreneurship. Everything is that we take ownership mm, of our own actions, hundred percent, and that and that we realize that you know God is constantly providing opportunities out there. And, and you know, I I love the I, I love the equation by Urban Meyer uh, in his book Above the Line. E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. Mm. And I think uh, you know the events are things that happen to us usually because of natural consequences or, or sometimes just just naturally happen. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't, we can't, we don't really have control over events. And, uh, you know, I, I had a, uh, one of my sales guys come to me one time and he was telling me about this terrible thing that was happening in his life. And it was just like, and it was really difficult for him to believe in God. And, and mm -hmm. because of, why would God allow these events to take place? And the thing I shared with him, which I think is very important and, and very, uh, like in self, uh, self-development, everything else is that God isn't found in, found in the event. Mm. God is found in the response, <laughs> right? Like it, that God gives us the ability to respond in a, in a way to pick ourselves up from the bootstraps, make better choices, mm. teach us ways, which ultimately allow us to determine what the outcome is. Mm. And, and so, Although, like I said, we can't control the event, we can always mm -hmm. control the response, mm -hmm. and, and God is found in the response. And I think that's an important thing as a believer, as an entrepreneur, uh, that that we don't look at Him for like, "What are you giving me?" It's yeah. like, 
how how can I utilize him yeah. to become better and, and respond and, and get the outcome? You know, one of the things you said just a minute ago is God's not the one that made you do the Ferrari instead of marketing. God's not the one that made you do. And the reality of it is, is listen, there's sometimes you can do everything right. You can do everything the way you think you're supposed to do. And it's the outcome still not turn out the way you want it to. And that's when you step back and go, okay, what can I learn from the situation? How can I grow from this situation? Okay, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to move forward. Because like, even in my event, I didn't realize going up to there, I was making mistakes. But look, hindsight, looking back going, how did I miss this? How did I not see this? Yeah. You know, and it's because- I'm a believer. I'm a believer that everything in our life happens on purpose on for a reason, like our mistakes, our poor choices, our, our things that have natural consequences, like, like that is all for our betterment, right? Like all for the, the improvement. We would not be where we're at today. Had we not gone through what we did, right? Like had I not gone through my financial failure with bankruptcy or had failed businesses or gone back and worked for other people or gone through, you know, struggles in my relationships or whatnot, like I would not be where I'm at today. And so like uh, the, you know, God, God is rarely found in the moment. He's always found in the hour. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. It, it, it is part of it. And we, the truth is, bro, we live in a world at war. I mean, we live in a world where, where I know amazing people that have gotten cancer and passed away. I mean, I know, I know people that, that are, that are like literally some of the worst people in the world and they live what would look like a blessed life. And the reality of it is, and you know, you and I know this fulfillment and peace, um, are not something that come with either success or failure. You can have fulfillment, fulfillment and peace and, and not live maybe the life that some other people live. And that's the amazing part about having faith. Awesome. Awesome. What, uh, what are, what are you excited about for, for going and building? What, what, what is the future of Ken Jocelyn and the, uh, and your events and those type of things look like? Yeah, it's, you know, with our core five faith, health, relationship, business, and finances, we really do, our, you know, with our CREATE conference coming up, we've got it March the 14th, 15th, and 16th in Atlanta. Um, super excited about that. It's just, it's an amazing, I mean, it's not a, you know, a lot of entrepreneur events you go to, it's just a pitch fest. Buy this, buy that. We don't do that. Like, we don't do that at all. Like, literally, we give you an opportunity to be a part of my online community. We give you an opportunity to be a part of our mastermind. And that's it. The other time, it is value, 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 value. And one of the things, Chris, that I say the very first night when I get up um, is, you know, some of you guys invested 10K on a CEO ticket, some 1500 for an executive or 400 for a general mission ticket. Like you're going to hear from some of the greatest people in the world when it comes to faith and you hear from John Maxwell and you hear from guys like Erwin McManus in relationships with me and some of the other people on the relationship side and guys like Randy Garn and guys like Gary Brecka and guys like Vic Keller and guys like Sean Mike. I mean, some studs when it comes to business and finances, you're going to hear from some of the best in the world, but really the magic is going to be the people that you're sitting next to that you need to build relationships with because you're going to get great information, but the people that you're sitting there that you can do life with on a day-to-day -day basis, that Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpening iron relationship, that's really what, that's really what helps you become the best version of yourself. And I think sometimes in the entrepreneurial community, it's all about the goal. If I could only make a million or if I could make 10 million, or if I can get my business to this. And the reality of it is, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. The joy is never found in the destination. The joy, when you do it right, Chris, it's always found in the destination. I mean, in the journey, who am I becoming? 
who are like, you, you came into my life. Eric Rock came into my life. These guys, like, I didn't know you even before Atlanta. And we got connected. And I'm like, dude, this is my brother. Like, Eric's my brother. Like, these guys are, will be friends of mine. I will be able to sharpen with this guy. I, we will be able to ping each other back and forth. Chris, I'm stuck here. What's going on? How do I do this? How can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I add value to you? And, dude, because we met each other, our lives will be better. I love the verse where it says, if one can put to flight a thousand, two can put to flight 10,000. And literally, when you get, when you take two people of faith and you put them together, I mean, it, it, it's God, it's not just addition, it's exponential on what you can do and the impact and the multiplication that takes place. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What, uh, what, what do you think most entrepreneurs are missing right now? Like what, what's a big mistake that entrepreneurs are, are making right now that they could avoid with, you know, some good words of wisdom by you. Um, it's, it's the journey. It, it, who are you becoming every day? What is your, what is your, you know, and a lot of entrepreneurs have great routines. Like it doesn't matter. I don't care how many zeros or how many commas you have in your bank account. Fulfillment. When you lay your head down on the pillow at the end of the night and you know you're living a life and you're having influence and impact and you're helping people's lives change and you're creating space in your business for transformation, man, you lay your head down on the pillow at nighttime then, bro, you, it, it's, it, you can't touch that feeling. And again, you've, you've done very well you know, for yourself and, and exited and done super well financially. But you know, like when you walked away from that, your Tesla accident with your kids, and nobody scratched. And I saw the pictures of your, I saw the video of the truck hitting you in the Tesla and you walk away from that and you get home at night. You you think you cared how much money you had in the bank? Absolutely not. No, man. My family's together. And God, thank you for protecting us. My family is together. I've, I've made an impact in my family. I've made an impact on all for you. I know your heart. All the people that have worked for you. And that have done really well and financially are blessed now because you gave them an opportunity to work in one of your companies. And now they're doing super well. Like that's fulfilling. One of my really good friends, Bobby Grassi, he is the number one dentist in Michigan. And the first time I heard him say this, I'm like, we got to be friends. And he said, my vision for my dental practice is that every person that works for me makes a minimum of six figures a year. And I looked at him and I was like, that's my guy right there because it wasn't about him. But he knew that if all those guys make six figures, guess what's going to happen to Bobby? He's going to make some, he's going to make some cheddar. He's going to make some money. But his heart wasn't about him. It was about the people that were on his team and the people that he was, he was helped becoming better versions of themselves. I love it. I love it. So what, what would you say your number one driver is, Ken? What, what pushes and motivates oh, you every single day? It's purpose, man. It's like seeing, seeing people like Zach, pop up on my Instagram with his John Maxwell leadership Bible, watching him and his wife, their chiropractors in Columbus, Mississippi, take their chiropractic from, you know, multiple six figures to seven plus figures every year and the impact they're making in their community. He's serving on the board of the dream center down there now, like watching them do that and watching them find that it's just, it's just not about the entrepreneurial journey. And even with her being a chiropractor, he runs the business, the impact they're having in the community and people's lives. But how can I give back? How can I serve? How can I add value? How can I, and listen, great leaders, when you have an encounter with a great leader, great leaders want something for people, not from people. They're not looking for something from you. 
The reason I got connected with Vic Keller, who sold a lot of companies for a lot of money. We were on a call. My One of my best friends, I'm driving over to Atlanta tonight to stay with him, is the chief growth officer for one of his 14 companies. It's called Alltech. It's a robotics, robotics car wash manufacturer. And I'm on the phone with Nate. I'm FaceTiming him. He's about to get ready for a board meeting. And Vic walks behind him. And Vic goes, hey, is that Ken? He goes, yep. He goes, so he just grabs the phone. So we just talk. We're FaceTiming, right? He goes, dude, I'm, me and you are supposed to get together. I hear a lot, I've heard a lot about you from Nate. So we set a call the next week. We, it was a 15-minute call on my calendar. An hour and 27 minutes later, we're still going. And I'm like, I knew. I'm like, dude, this, is my, this dude is my twin, except he's got a lot of money. And uh, he's my twin. And we get done the last 10 minutes of the call. He's like, dude, I love, I love your heart. I love what you're doing. What can I do to help you? I said, Vic, I don't need anything from you. He asked me six times, Chris, six times. The sixth time he asked me, and I went, I tell you what, I've got my mastermind. This was August, was, was two years ago. He said, I said, I got my mastermind in November in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's the first through the fourth. Would love for you to come. And he goes, I'll give you one day. I said, okay, great. I said, there's some people. Randy was there. Randy Garn was there. Gary Bracca. All the guys were there. And I said, there's some guys in there you need to meet because I know what you want to do the next season of your life. And so Tuesday morning rolls around and Vic, Vic walks in and I do the first session, first two sessions. And then I let Vic do the third session right before lunch. And he comes over to me right before we took a break. We're coming out of break so I can introduce him. And he comes up and he goes, hey, can we turn the video cameras off? I said, sure. Mm. We can turn the video cameras off. So I told the guys, I said, hey, can you turn your video cameras off? And he, he picked his iPhone up. He goes, hey, listen, I can't, you can't record this. I need all the video, all your cameras face down on the table. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what is this? What kind of bombs is this guy going to drop right here, right? What's about to go? I mean, like, I'm sitting there, and I've got some killers in the room, bro. Scott Donald's in the room. He's exited several companies. Vic and Tanya. I mean, I've got some killers in the room. And we're sitting there, and he goes, I've got – he looks at me. He goes, got 45 minutes, right, Ken? I said, yes, sir. He goes, a lot of you guys know my story from Ken's intro, but I want to share with you some of the personal insights that I learned from Mr. Buffett over the last seven years. Sunday night, I was in Omaha. I flew my jet from Omaha down here. I had dinner with, with Mr. B at his house. And he goes, I want to share with you what I've learned from him over the past seven years. And he spent 45 minutes leaning in and telling us some of the private things that he learned from Warren Buffett over the past seven years. You want to talk about a room with a pen, you could hear a pen drop. Bro, it was like my notes. I was on, I was writing so fast. I'm like, oh my. I mean, like, I'm looking around the room and these guys have exited for 50 million, 100 million, 100. I mean, some studs in the room. And it was like, everybody was like, are you kidding me? And we're just getting gold. And it's wanting something for people, not from people. And all of that happened because Vic and I were on a call and I do that. I don't need anything from you. He didn't stay one day, he stayed every day. And every event I've had past that, he comes in and he stays, he stays the entire time. Every time we do, this dude is a legit billionaire and he's at every event we do. And dude, he is in the foyer talking to people. I mean, literally just loving his whole talk he did last year at my conference was it's not about, it's not about love. It's about, I love you. And he talked about how he developed talent in all of his businesses and how he loved, he said, dude, I just love people. If you come in my office and we have to have a, a difficult conversation, you're going to know where you stand, if your job's secure or it's not secure. But when you leave, regardless, I'm going to hug your neck. And it drives my HR people crazy and I'm dying laughing, right? And he's sharing this story. But that's, that's who he is. 
And it all came from a heart of an understanding of great leaders want something for people, not from people. Mm, I love that. I love that. Ken, where, uh, where can listeners get more stuff? I know you got a podcast, social, what, what's the best platform? Yeah, to, to follow uh, you Instagram on? at Ken Jocelyn, super easy. K E N J O S L I N. Um, super easy. Everything about our conference is on there. Everything that we're doing is, is on there. So yeah, dude. Awesome. Um, and how, how can we support you and what you got going on, man? You're, you've been dropping some great material. Yeah. I'm sure love, people would love to stay in contact, maybe attend some of your events. Yeah. Like what, what's the best way to come and support you? Yeah, just at Ken Jocelyn, man. Just follow. I handle I handle my – I mean, I've got a lot of followers like you do. I handle my own stuff. Nobody touches my DMs. It's me. So if you get a DM from me, people are like, is this really you? I'll shoot a video and send it to them. And they'll be like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, it's really me. I promise you. It's really me. Um you know, I mean, listen, there's a lot of communities. Your community is amazing. Eric's community. I mean, I've got a lot of friends, dude, that are killing it. They've got great hearts. They've done some amazing things. And they really they really live to make a difference and have influence and impact. And that's really where we're at right now. And it's, it's super sweet and super special. I love yeah. it. I love it. Before we, uh, before we uh, say sayonara, give us a couple of your favorite resources, whether it's books or mentors or people that yeah. we should uh, be following or listening yeah. to? Well, for, for us, again, faith, health, relationship, business, and finances. Um, you've seen my before and after picture. I'm down 80 plus pounds. For me, Gary Breck has been a game changer for me over the last two and a half years that we've been friends. So for health, Gary is, he is the man. I mean, he's helped so many people. I, I was just funny the other day, I asked him a question about what is, and I don't even remember what the condition was. And about 1130 or 1145, I get a FaceTime call from Gary. Hey man, I just forgot to call you. Let me tell you about boom, 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 boom. And you know, we were in we were in Vegas a couple weeks ago for the opening of the Fountain Blue, and then got to work out together and grab lunch and or grab breakfast and dinner a couple times. Gary is Gary is a phenomenal guy. Um, as a man, um, the way of the superior man rocked my world. I read it three times in a row, and again. It's not a faith-based book. So you have, I think if you're a faith-based person, you have to understand that. So you just filter that through your faith. Um, but it is a phenomenal book on self-control and your ability to be able to be a creator, not just sexually, but 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 um, relationally, emotionally, um, financially. And how do you control and steward that gift and that and that purpose on the inside of you? That book is um, an absolute game changer. Abs- um Hormozy's hundred million dollar leads, the new one he just did is just like to mind absolutely mind blowing. And then I'll give you one more plug. My good friend Julie Manano, I just got in the mail. Secure love. Um, Julie Manano, she is on the Instagram. She's the secure relationship. Got one point two million followers, I believe. She's one of the top therapists on there when it comes to relationships and um, and marriage. And she's really really good. She just her book. I think it came out yesterday. I just got the copy in the mail just a minute ago. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Man, thank you so much for the value. Thank you so much for the mentorship. Uh, you dropped some incredible, uh, incredible nuggets today. Thank you for your time. I know it's extremely valuable. So appreciate you, Ken. I appreciate it, man. Thank Until you. Until next Come time. On.